5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Stack and pack, that's what this uh, Thursday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show is. Welcome in, everybody. The ref, Philip Pilkington, is uh, producing the show. What's well, ominous looking, isn't it? One of our vast bank of monitors. Look at uh, some rain out there. Gosh, that's scary. See what this is saying on the vast bank of monitors. Well, there it is. Hey, but it's going to be gorgeous tomorrow, and dare I say a tad cool Saturday morning with low humidity and delightful temperatures when we're out there for our Pirate Game Day countdown. Back on location. Hey, it is uh, great to have you uh, with us here, Patrick Johnson. I don't even know, uh, Ref, what this clown did today. We There was the Biden thing today. Now Governor Wimpy's on here requiring stuff. I haven't, I haven't even looked up that yet. Ugh. These politicians, man. But you all voted for him, so you get what you get, right? Uh, you well, Philip? Everything good uh, on your uh, You good on your world? Everything good? Been busy this week uh, gathering materials, covering things for the, uh, for the team. Hey, man, there's NFL football tonight. Anytime there's NFL football, it's a good day. Are you surprised that they went with the Cowboys in that, in that slot? Because they've kind of gone away from the Super Bowl rematch here more and more in recent years. You know, most years that's the Super Bowl rematch, the the opening game for the NFL season. Well, the Bucks and Chiefs don't play each other this year. The Bucks have the AFC um, South, I believe, or I don't remember who. No, the AFC East is the right. division they play. Right. So, uh, but can't you get away from that for the for the opening game? No, nah, not the way the not, NFL. Not the way works, that the No Fun League does it now. No. But uh, I'm not surprised they went with the Cowboys. You know, it's all about ratings. I mean, there's been years the Cowboys have won four games and still turned out with five primetime games the next week. They do it way more off ratings than they do talent. I do think the Cowboys will be good this year, but uh, they're going to put America's team in primetime to get everybody watching. You put the biggest name in football, like it or not, it's Tom Brady, the def- the Super Bowl champs, the Bucks, and then you put the America's team on there. So a huge number I would expect tonight. Notice there's no football, no college football anywhere within a mile of this Thursday night. There's not even like Maction. There's not even, there's nothing that they've thrown out there just to throw out there. You know, oh, well, we might catch a few that, you know, random. Because, I mean, even those Thursday night games, even though college football has essentially seeded Thursday nights, and I realize ECU has a Thursday night, it, it's not the big deal it once upon a time was. That was the, that was the, the stuff back in the day. Well, that's was, how Boise State got famous. They used to always beat up on people on Thursday nights, and that's why that's everybody true. jumped on the Boise bandwagon. Yeah. yeah, Thursday night football used to be great. For so even college. though it's not quite the the boon it once was for college football, it still draws a big number. Uh, like everybody says, why, are all, why do we have all these bowl games? Draws a big number. All right, we've got a big show today. Uh, ben booked uh, Antoine Staley for us, ECU alum. 
uh, back with the Riot Report, covered the Panthers, who so will talk some NFL with him, get his thoughts tonight. What's the line on the game tonight, by the way? Uh, Bucks are favored by seven and a half. Really? Okay. All right. So we'll get the Antoine's thoughts on that. Get his thoughts on everything else going on. Uh, we also have for you, uh, Eric Ward's going to be with us. Obviously, uh, fans back in the stands this year inside of Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. So what will that look like? What will be some of the uh, game day attractions or game day happenings for Pirate Nation beyond the game? You know, that's the big thing now. What is the full game day experience like? So we'll talk to Eric about that if there's any kind of uh, other restrictions or anything like that that you have to be aware of. Uh, Eric Ward, a little bit later on in the uh, program, we'll have him for you. Uh, So we'll be hooking up with those guys on our uh, guest line here uh, today. We do not have a uh, ton of time uh, to dilly-dally with these guests. We've got to stay on schedule. But I do want to make a big announcement. Uh, We told you about this yesterday as far as uh, foreshadowing this announcement. It involves our Pirate Game Day countdown. Of course, it's uh, fueled this year by Bush Light. And for years and years and years, uh, we have taken over the Elmhurst Traffic Circle. And that's a fine place to do a show. I mean, we're kind of uh, to ourselves there. Uh, but we were, you know, kind of not amongst the tailgaters and amongst Pirate Nation quite like we had wanted to be. We wanted to set some things in motion, but then last year happened and the COVID year occurred and, you know, we were unable to kind of really go out. We did the show, but we always did it from the studio last year. So this year we're back out for home games and we'll be on site. We have crossed the, the street. Taking a left from our old broadcast location. We will be in front of Town Bank Tower, pumping our show out to the tailgaters over the loudspeakers. And uh, we'll have a staging area, signage, some great giveaways. I think we're giving away a cooler. Pretty good stuff. Uh, But we'll have some great giveaways for you during the course of the season. But Terrence Copper and I and our entire uh, behind-the-scenes crew will be there uh, for a Pirate Game Day countdown outside of Town Bank Tower for uh, this week's home game and, and weather pending for the home games all season long. Uh, great locale. We're there amongst Pirate Nation as the flagship of the Pirates. That'll enable us to get great guests and maybe enable us to interact with the uh, with the fan base a little more. That'll be a lot of fun as well. So that's our big announcement, our uh, Bush Light Pirate Game Day countdown. 9 a.m. on Saturday morning, we're going to be outside of Town Bank Tower getting you ready for ECU and South Carolina. Terrence Copper and myself, Ben Byron will be producing, providing you updates. Uh, our guy uh, Derek will be there on site. Courtney, somewhere you'll be doing something. I don't know what. I'm trying to figure that out. Oh, we'll see. Might uh, I might uh, still a mic and chime in every now and again until I get chased off by you and Terrence. You might be on food get us duty. Or get us food duty. Uh, that sounds like an intern job. I think I've I think I've graduated from that, haven't I? Well, I think you would be the guy to go and in your role be more selective of okay, do we want this? No. Do we in other words go and solicit food for us, perhaps, from the tailgaters. Not go get us something from like a fast food window. I no, I'm talking like the real deal. Oh, like the guys get at a college game day. Yeah. Yeah. Bring okay. us in, yeah, you know, I might be able to go sample that. some tailgate 
food for us and say, hey, this is pretty good. Why don't we bring it over and let the guys try this on the air and they can tell you how great it is. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Pretty good job for you. As long as I get to try it first. Yeah, well, that's you're you're the sample. You're the you're the barrier of entry. If the food is good, you might say, Hey, that's pretty good. Why don't you take that over and let the guys try it on the air and we'll we'll pump you up. And if you're like, Oh, that's good, well, thanks, you could move on, you know, if it's not that good. You follow me? Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's announcing this now, Biden is. Okay. I thought he announced it earlier. Well, there you go. Live live on our vast bank of monitors, I look up and see the Prez. There you have it. Uh, we have uh, some showers in our forecast tonight, uh, but things will clear out nicely tomorrow and a high, get this, of only 79 degrees with lower humidity. Isn't that going to be fabulous? Bright sunshine tomorrow, kind of a taste of autumn. Saturday's perfect. Temps overnight Friday are going to be down to 56 degrees. So Saturday morning it's going to be, dare I say, a little chilly in the morning. Uh, and then the uh, game time kickoff in the upper seven or in the, yeah, the upper 70s, maybe low 80s. Saturday, the high 83 degrees, lots of sunshine. Sunday, 87 and sunny. And really, after uh, this uh, bit of rain this evening, all sun as far as you can see in our forecast. It's pretty good stuff right there. All right, we got to get to our pirate report because we have Antoine Staley coming up in a few minutes. So let's uh, get that now. Uh, here. On 94.3 The Game, it is our Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. It's brought to you today in part by Wilson Rhodes Heating and Air Conditioning, keeping you comfortable since 1961. Main and Mill Oyster Bar and Tavern in downtown Winterville. Great food and specialty drinks and craft beers. The Pitt Greenville Airport, convenient and comfortable to Charlotte and then anywhere on the globe. And by Eastern Plumbing, setting the standard for quality service for over 15 years. Find out more at easternplumbingonline.com. Let's uh, start with uh, Blake Harrell. Blake Harrell breaks down all of the options at quarterback for the South Carolina Gamecocks. They're starting a grad student. The Doty kid may be back. Got another kid that may be throwing the mix. Blake Harrell with the breakdown for us. I think every week you always prepare for any possible situations. And that's whether you play in South Carolina or whoever your opponent may be. You're going to prepare for all quarterbacks on the roster, Wildcat quarterbacks, um, you know, reverse pass guys and talk about all the situations. And they got very capable quarterbacks of winning ball games in their roster. Uh, Luke Doty, uh, Zeb Nolan. You know, I've known Zeb for a long time since he was a, a kid. When I coached high school ball in the mountains, his dad was a high school coach and, and Zeb was running around the field. Uh, so I've known him since, you know, early 2000s there. I guess he was, he was just a toddler um, and watched his career for a long time. So know about Zeb and preparing for him, preparing for Luke. And then also to carry on is a really good quarterback. He's won an SEC games, a starting quarterback in, in that conference, and, and does a good job and is a really good player. And, you know, when I was in the Charleston area, he was at Fort Dorchester, and uh, he, he was probably the best player in the state at the time and uh, was a really good high school quarterback. So we got our hands full, regardless of who it is. Um, you know, I think off. All right. Um... Are you hearing me? Because I'm not hearing myself. Okay. All right. Well, I could, I could hear you, but I could not hear myself. Uh, 
Oh, okay. Well, maybe go get Dan or Dylan, and I will uh, I will uh, introduce our uh, next cut. Let's get it ready. Uh, you got it over there, cut five. Why don't we put that up? Actually, let's do cut six here. And this is Coach Harold talking about Smith and Lewis, their first game at the edge. Cut six. You know, I, I think for, for them, it's uh, – you know, I think for, for them, it's, uh, hey, it's first ball game at a new position, and uh, sometimes it can come at you a little bit faster than it does in practice. Um, you know, and to, to them, it's, it was a little bit, hey, catch them on the heels a little bit, and, and I think they, they showed some flashes. They got a chance to be really special out there, both of them. Um, I think they can be difference makers, and you, you see flashes of that. And we just got to get, you know, get them going, get them rolling a little bit, and, and I think they're going to be fine. And, and the big thing for both of those guys is they can be really special in the pass rush game. Well, we got to help ourselves out and get them the third and long. Um, I think we did that, you know, once last week, twice maybe, um, and let them off the hook there. But if we can get them in third and long, then those guys can really be difference makers. But if, if we're playing, you know, first and ten, second and five, third and short, you know, it's hard for those guys to show up because they're just trying to maintain their gaps at that point. But if we can – Get them in third and long situations, and you know we have a chance to kind of specialize those guys and let them be creative and let them use their athleticism. And at the same time, offenses don't want to be in third and long. They're, they're you know whether it's App State, whether it's South Carolina, you know they're very, very methodic about hey moving the, moving the sticks, make sure they keep the quarterbacks out of trouble, don't put them in bad situations, throwing the quick game, taking the easy throws out wide running the ball, you know, getting three or four yards on it and put them in short yardage situations. So we got to do a better job about, you know, stuffing it up in there, creating negative plays and, and putting them in third and long so we can see Jeremy Lewis and Xavier Smith and those type of guys, you know, Rick come off the edge and, and do, try to do something back there with the quarterback. Well, we, we did have a couple protection breaks. All right, uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick, let's skip to him now, where he talks about what Appalachian State did right against them. Well, we, we did have a couple protection breakdowns that hurt us, I thought. You know, uh, you know right before the half, uh, it happened when we had a chance to, you know, with two-minute offense, drove it all the way down to the red zone there. And we did have a couple breakdowns there. We had one on another drive that we ended up settling for a field goal. And there was another drive got us. And it, I think it probably was five, five times we just had a bust. And they were bringing uh, a lot of guys. They were bringing the house, uh, which was a little out of character for them. Uh, you know, visiting with them afterwards. We got a lot of good friends on staffs. So we kind of talk, you know, and, you know, we share information uh, because it's a friendly rivalry with them. You know, I was there for a while and Coach Foster was there, and so it's kind of like that. And, uh, you know, what we were told was they thought that was the way to, to, to play us. They'd studied the SMU game. SMU didn't pressure us much and Holton shredded them, you know. And then uh, I think the Georgia State game, they had blitzed all kind of different ways and they had heard us and they thought that was the way he said you can't let him get comfortable and uh they had a couple good blitz schemes for the run as well that they were blitzing not just on those those five passes that kind of busted the run game up a little bit too so early our plan had to switch we had had we we're gonna run a lot of counter they'd struggled to, to to defend the counter and they really had anticipated i guess we we're gonna run the counter so we had to get to the zone we got to that uh, early in the second half had a good drive had a couple good runs there unfortunately the score kind of got it out a, a little bit where we didn't have time to just run the ball. So we had to throw it a little bit more probably than we wanted to. But the thing that's either good or bad is that uh, it was five different guys. It was five different guys had a bust. And so we had two times, Steve was wide open and had to throw it a little bit high because if you've ever been standing there with a football and a guy runs his helmet right into your chin, it's a little more 
difficult to throw the ball. And we had the same situation on the other one, and it happened to be Sneed. Sneed's a great player. He didn't have the best catch radius. So, you know, you got to be a little bit more accurate there. And so that, that kind of broke us down. But, I mean, that's, that's, that's something we got to fix. Donnie Kirkpatrick, uh, let's go to cut 10 here. He talks about, you know, what App did well there in that last cut. Now Donnie K on what the Pirates didn't necessarily do real well. Well, he took a couple sacks when it was just a regular rush. The guy got beat, you know what I'm saying, like that, which is part of the game. I mean, their defensive ends are good, their tackles are good, and like that too. Everything's got a hot to it, yeah, it, it does. Now, sometimes they cover the hot, you know what I'm saying, too. It doesn't mean it's just going to always be wide open like that. But, uh, you know, Holton, we took, what, four sacks, I guess, is what he took. He did a couple jobs of scrambling. You know, uh, our completion percentage probably wasn't what I would like for it to be overall. Uh, he had four balls he threw away to avoid sacks. He had one where you clock it. That's an incomplete pass. Uh, we threw a big bend that was caught, but now says it was not caught. There's another incomplete pass. And then we had an opportunity where we threw another touchdown, and somebody said a guy in the third row over there did something wrong or something, and they called that one back, which didn't go into the, the things there. So really, you know, he'd have had a four-touchdown day in about a 350-yard day and would have had a pretty good percentage if we wouldn't have had the penalties and the breakdowns. You know, the penalties were a big part of what we got to fix. Uh, we uh, had another holding penalty early on a wide out where we had a first down. We had, like I say, the touchdown call back. We had a 60-some yard run. We're still looking for that holding call. We can't find that one, but somebody, they said, held on that one. And, and that really could have turned the game around. I don't think it would have ever been a pretty game. I think it was going to be kind of an ugly, got to go by, you know, pound, pound the rock a little bit type game. But, you know, uh, two touchdowns back. We got a field goal on one of those. That's 11 points difference. And then uh, we had a 60-some yard run. We had first and goal in the six. At worst, you get three, that's 14. Or if you get seven, I mean, it, it could have been now down to the last possession of the game. We had an onside kick that we had in our hands at one time. That's football. That's football. You have to go make those plays or you have to overcome those plays to be able to win. We played a team that has been, what, Division One for six years? They've won 63 games in six years. I'm not good at math, but I know that's more than 10, you know. Uh, they've won six straight bowl games. You you got to go beat them. They're not going to beat themselves, obviously. They're a pretty experienced team. You know, they had a lot of super seniors on the team and got a lot of respect for them. So, anyhow, like I say, that's done now. we got we got to go play better next week because everybody gets better from game one to game two or you're really in trouble. Today's Pirate Report, and this is Coach Kirkpatrick, Cup 13, on Holt Nailers and what he needs to do to bounce back. You know, again, good and bad. I, I don't want him to ever get to where he's able to accept it. You know what I'm saying? Which I don't think it's gotten to that point yet, you know. But I, he, he is a really, really tough mentally young man in that he uh, he's the quarterback, okay? And, and that's the way the quarterback, you know, it is. You get way too much credit for when you do throw the touchdown, okay, or you do make the play, and you get way too much blame when you don't throw the touchdown. So it kind of goes head coach, offense coordinator, and then quarterback, right? I believe the offense coordinator is in there somewhere in that too. You, you, you know what I'm saying? In that it looks so easy, you know, why can't they just do that? Why can't they do that? He's had a lot of adversity, but he's loved and he's hated, and that's part of being the quarterback. And uh, he, he handles it pretty well in that I think he's at peace. You know, he's a, he's a tremendous young man. He knows he's doing the best he can. He's got great faith, you know what I'm saying? I don't, he, he's, he's so good. He loves his teammates. 
You know, they drop one, he, he ain't going to be mad at them. You know, sometimes I wish he would be a little bit more, hey, let's get on those guys a little bit, you know. It would save me from having to holler at him if he would a little bit. But that's not him. That's just not him. But they love him for that. And uh, uh, nobody deserves to win more than he does. He's trying his tail off. He really is. All right, that is Donnie Kirkpatrick. More cuts perhaps a little later on. That is our Pirate Report. Uh, Antoine Staley, ECU alum, covering the Panthers for the Riot Report. He's slated to join us. In just a bit, uh, we will uh, endeavor to have that for you on the other side here on the Patrick Johnson Show. I got that real good feel, good stuff up under the seat of my big black jack. All right, uh, tomorrow, the ultimate pregame party. For the Boys and Girls Club of Coastal Plain has transitioned from an in-person 2021 Ultimate pregame party presented by First Citizens Bank to an online auction event. Transition away from in-person event was due to the uh, obvious concerns amid the coronavirus pandemic. But with the generosity of sponsors and guests who had already purchased tickets, the event was uh, on pace to raise nearly $200,000 to support young people across the 70-county region. So they transition to an online auction. We hope our community will continue to support youth who need us now more than ever. Online auction begins uh, tomorrow at 9 in the morning. Bidding and more information can be found at the following website, bgccp.com. That's bgccp.com. And Facebook at Facebook. Uh, or at the BGCCP Facebook page. So it would be a BGCCP. Uh, bidding will end on Sunday at 5 o'clock. Items currently are valued over $15,000 with more items and experiences uh, to be added maybe as uh, soon as overnight. That could be a possibility. Uh, here are some of the uh, things that have been graciously donated so far. Uh, Elizabeth Richards Collection Diamond Hoop Earrings, UNC Basketball Game Experience with Phil Ford. Fill in a lot of blanks there. Make a lot of jokes on that one, couldn't we? Uh, Ron Ayers Motorsports SSR Electric Balance Bicycle. Uh, Four Seasons Chamber Music Festival tickets. Simply Divine Private Tasting Party. A $1,000 gift certificate to Van Fine Art Portraits. A one-year membership to Champions Health and Fitness. Uh, aquatic autographed, authentic autographed Chris Johnson ECU football jersey. So those are just uh, some of the items up. Uh, for bid there, again, no ultimate uh, pregame party taking place this year for the Boys and Girls Club of the Coastal Plain. Uh, instead, it'll be an online auction for their fundraiser. Uh, that'll begin tomorrow at 9 a.m. BGCCP.com. All right, uh, let's go to the phone lines. ECU alum Antoine Staley. Back in the Carolinas, is that is that what I'm understanding here, Antoine? Back in the Carolinas? Oh, yes. Yes, I am. Oh, all right. Very good. Very good. You're going to make it down to Greenville on Saturday. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there first time I've been down there since I graduated, which was over 10 years ago. So. Oh, really? Okay. Well, yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Well, we'll be right outside of Town Bank Tower with our pregame show. So. Uh, well, you know what? I'll definitely uh, have to come over and say hello then. Yeah. Stop on by. We'll be there from 9 to 11. A VIP like yourself has a lot of things you'll be doing, I know. But if you can make time, 
I'll be there. Terrence. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely uh I'll definitely come by and say hello right. for for sure. Yeah, I'll Ter- definitely text you. Terrence Copper, you know, played in the NFL for ten years, played at ECU here. You know, remember Terrence? Terrence will be uh here. Yeah, so. I, d- I definitely do. Yeah, yeah. I know the name well. I know Terrence I know Terrence. Uh, I've definitely spoken with him on Twitter. Yeah. So there you go. That's uh Terrence and I'll be there and uh, who knows? We got other we got other great guests we're working on. So all right, Antoine Staley, back with the Riot Report, covering the Panthers. Uh, all right, uh, you know, we talk to Zoki every week. We love Zoki, but, you know, sometimes we don't maybe get the, the we get the Zoki perspective, which is a great perspective. Jim's pretty upfront and honest. But I like sometimes to get the other perspective from, from other people who maybe <laughs> watch it with a more sinister and critical eye. Not that you're a bad guy, Antoine, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, you know, yeah, you, no, yeah. You, you're not drawing a check from the cats, uh, unlike our friend Zoki uh, is. And, Correct, I get, yeah. and I get that. So, uh, all right, so how are you feeling going into this matchup with the Jets? How do you think the preseason went? How do you think the offseason went? What's your feel going into this? Well, I think if you're um, a follower of the Panthers, I think you have to feel good, at least in this matchup against the Jets. I mean, the Jets are an up-and-coming team. They're um, kind of rebuilding. Obviously, they have a new head coach in Robert Sala, new quarterback in Zach Wilson. Uh, pretty much a brand-new team. I mean, they're... They're, they have a lot of second and third year guys. I know CJ Mosley is a veteran that's on the team. They pick up Corey Davis throughout the whole season too, as well. They have Jamison Crowder, but yeah, this is for all intents and purposes a young team. And you know, the Carolina Panthers coming off another struggling season, so to be able to come in and possibly playing at home and get that first victory, I definitely think this would be a really good um, opponent to try to get that first win at a win against too. Um, adding into the game, your second game, which is also at home against the Saints, too, as well. And obviously, you know, the angle was with Sam Donald and, you know, the way he played throughout the course of the preseason and also it being his former team. But, yeah, I definitely think it's going to be interesting on Sunday just to kind of see that dynamic and see how maybe pumped up he is because he's been really downplaying the whole, you know, revenge thing for him from his perspective. Right, right. Darnold, uh, yeah, didn't really give a lot of bulletin board material. Look, I think Darnold uh, is an upgrade over uh, two uh, two shoes, Teddy, as as Keyshawn called him, uh, and uh, you know I, I think that that is uh, I, I think that's an upgrade of that position, especially with the kind of health situation Bridgewater was in uh, near the end of the year. And look, having uh, Christian McCaffrey back in the fold doesn't matter who you have at quarterback, but having CMC back in the fold is only going to help. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, he missed thirteen games a year ago, and. Anytime you're out your best playmaker for that long, I mean, it's obviously going to have somewhat of a set. I definitely think, you know, had they had McCaffrey um, even, you know, half of that time, I think they probably had maybe another win or two in that in that book, too. Maybe you win seven games. Maybe you don't finish 5-11 once again. But anytime you get one of the best playmakers in football back, um, I definitely think that would be a bit of benefit, too. They end up adding Chill Herbert um, in the draft, too. So, if you know things were to happen with Chris McCaffrey once again injury wise, they feel like they have a really adequate backup in Hubbard who can come in and produce too as well. Somebody that I thought was a steal to get, and then day three of the draft, somebody who was going to be a at least a second round pick. I thought you know part the year prior, but ended up slipping down to the fourth round. But yeah, I think offensively, I think they're going to be really good. I, I, you know, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. I love Terrence Marshall. I love that pickup too as well. Uh, it's just going to matter. Of, it's going to be a matter of the offensive line, and they protect Desam uh, Darnold, and also defensively too, as well. I, you know, last year was definitely, really, the last few years has been about not being able to get stops um, in a consistent basis, and we definitely saw that 
too, in a lot of games this last year, too. So those would be the two areas I'm definitely looking forward to uh, watching on Sunday. We're uh, talking to Antoine Staley, covering the uh, Carolina Panthers back with, pardon me, the uh, Riot Report. Uh, has covered the NFL for a good number of uh, years, and uh, good to uh, good to have him back on with us here. Excited about the Panthers this season. Uh, that game could be heard on 103.7 Talk, 103.7 WTIB, uh, 12 noon airtime on Sunday, 1 o'clock uh, kick. And then uh, you can watch the game on uh, WNCT television here in uh, Eastern North Carolina. It'll be a CBS game. Hey, um, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, Darnold, this is kind of being framed as a second chance. What is considered successful for Sam Darnold on Sunday and, and really this season? What's a success in your mind? Well, I imagine he he would probably say uh, winning. That's main, the main thing. He had, he didn't do a whole lot of that with the Jets. We didn't stay healthy. Um, I know statistics-wise, um, I, don't, I don't know necessarily. For me, I think it would be just having, you know, a, really what you want the quarterback to have a three-to-one ratio as far as uh, touchdowns to interception. Any, the closer you can get to that, I think the better. And, you know, Sam Donald has not played a full season schedule yet. I just think uh, if he can stay healthy and be able to play in all 17 games now, uh, and also why the Panthers can potentially you know, contend for a wild card spot, because obviously I think most people think Tampa Bay is going to win that division this year and contend for a wild card spot, which I think they may have the opportunity to if things break the right way. Yeah, I think that will be um, a successful season for him and also the Carolina Panthers. Are you concerned about the offensive line? I, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but I mean, how concerned are you would be, I guess, the question. I'm very concerned with the <laughs> offensive line. I mean, it'll be interesting to see this week. Um, uh, Dennis Daly's going to slide in a guard. Uh, uh, John Miller, who uh, usually the starting guard there for the Panthers, he'll he'll miss the game. He's on the COVID list. He has to him not being vaccinated. He has to be out a minimal of ten days. So uh, it, it was announced on Monday. So he'll definitely miss this game too as well. We'll see how how things play out week two against the Saints. But yeah, he yeah that'll be an interesting thing to follow. And you know the Jet one of the Jets on um, their strengths is really their front line. Uh, you end up getting a guy like Quentin Williams too, who's a really big stud and um, somebody that's very talented. Uh, that's somebody that's gonna be that could pose some problems for the Carolina Panthers. But just looking f- throughout the rest of the season, yeah, I definitely think that's gonna be something to follow too. Because we saw it last year at times that even though a lot of people like to pick on Teddy Bridgewater and talk about how you know inconsistent he was, the offensive line certainly didn't do him any favors last year either. Antoine Staley uh, with us uh, here. Um, let's. Uh... What's successful for Christian McCaffrey? Doing Christian McCaffrey things, or, or do you think that there's enough receiving uh, core talent? I mean, in other words, are there other ways to use him? You, you, you know, this this injury to him. That there's a finite amount of times that guys that are like McCaffrey, and I get that he makes a ton of money, but there are a finite amount of times that guys like McCaffrey can take hits in this game. The window is is not wide uh, in the uh, grand scheme of things. So, how how do you utilize him? Uh, to keep him relatively healthy? Well, I think uh, the plan was uh, under Matt Rule anyway, which is, you know, with Matt with Ron Rivera, they, I mean, they just, he was in there like nearly 100% of the time. Matt, Matt Rule, when he came up and he got the job, he said, you know what, we're going to scale that back a little bit. Although they're going to, I mean, he's going to be on the field a bulk of the time. It's just instead of it being maybe 95% of the time or 96 or 7 or whatever it was back then in 2019, uh, you might see it 
be somewhere in the 80s. And that's fine. I definitely think you got enough playmakers. You don't need Christian McCaffrey to go for, you know, a thousand, a thousand. Once again, we saw that um, at 19 and it didn't manifest to any wins. Really, Well, not a lot of wins with five. So I definitely think you've been able to spread the ball around. You got enough playmakers and DJ Anderson, I mean, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Terrence Marshall. Uh, just, you know, statistics wise, that Chris McCaffrey, as long as he stays healthy, you know, he's going to get you over a thousand yards rushing, probably going to get you seven, eight hundred yards receiving at least, and probably catch nearly about 60, 70 balls, if not more. That's just kind of how he is, how productive he is. And the Panthers just hope that that can translate to victories instead of just trying to work him into the ground. And they want to just keep him healthy and preserve him as much as possible. All right. Uh, We've got uh, Antoine Staley uh, on the line with us here. Give me an idea about tonight. Uh, you know, we've got uh, the Bucks, We've got the Cowboys. Obviously, this is a made-for-TV situation. How do you see this game uh, coming out? Last I saw Bucks uh, a touchdown plus favorite. I mean, it's hard to judge. I mean, we don't know what we're going to get from Dak. I, I hope he's completely healthy. It seems like he is at this point. I mean, we didn't see him throughout the course of the preseason. First, it was obviously the ankle, the horrific ankle injury that we saw last year, and then he was kind of kept out of the preseason because of that shoulder. So, I mean, the Cowboys, we as we know, can score points. So, if he's back to doing normal that things, and you know, hopefully, you can get uh, Zeke Elliott back to form. Last year was kind of a a bit of a um, outlier for him. He had had such a great, tremendous season, tremendous career up to that point. If he can get back to not turning the ball over. You're talking about the Cowboys team. I think it's definitely going to contend definitely for a playoff spot. I think they're the best team in the East, personally. But uh, I think it's hard to go against Tampa Bay, especially playing at home. First um, game back, uh, especially coming off the Super Bowl win. And obviously Tom Brady playing his 300 start tonight. You know, I I definitely think Tampa Bay probably end up winning by a touchdown, too, as well. But, you know, don't sleep on the Cowboys. You know they can score points. The problem is can they stop anybody? And that remains to be seen. Are we um, – at what point do the wheels come off of this Brady thing? I mean, Father Time I thought was undefeated. <laughs> uh, I mean, at some point you have to think it will. I mean, I still think it – I mean, if he plays – I mean, he's playing long enough, so I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe this year is the – I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But, you know, that man is – you know, he's escaping Father Time like I've never seen any other athlete do it before, especially playing football at 44 years old at a high level. Yeah, I – you know, I know Vinny Testaverde played at that age, but not like this, and, and not like um, no, a no. starting quarterback somewhere, the Super Bowl contender. So, yeah, it's, it's just interesting to see. Maybe, like I say, maybe this could be the year. But yeah, I, I, I don't. I, people are already picking them to repeat. I don't know if they will, but then again, I won't count Tom Brady at all. All right, hey Antoine, great to talk to you. Hope to see you Saturday. Please uh, stop by, say hello, and uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. Enjoy the game on Sunday as well. All right, I definitely will, and I'll see you then. Thank you. All right, there he goes. ECU alum, Antoine Staley with us here. All right, we're going to get to Eric Ward next, talk about the game day experience right now. A, are we ready for the update? We'll do the update right now. Uh, this is uh, the ref, Phil Pilkington, in today, and uh, he's got an update on what's going on 94.3 The Game. 
Thanks, Patrick. Philip Wilkington here with your 94-3 The Game Sports Update. The NFL kicks off the season tonight when the Dallas Cowboys go to Tampa to face Tom Brady and the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. The Cowboys we will be without their four-time All-Pro guard, Zach Martin. Elsewhere in the NFL, the Texans have traded cornerback Bradley Roby to the Saints for a second-rounder next year and a conditional pick in 2023. This Saturday, the Pirates will play their second game of the season against South Carolina, stopping the Gamecocks rushing attack will be vital for the Pirates to win. Well, we got to win up front. We've got to do a better job of controlling our gaps. We've got to do a great job tackling. I mean, Harris is a dang good back. Those, those other kids are good too now. I mean, those other kids had big nights the other night without him. So, I mean, it's, there's a reason they're playing in the SEC. Last night, the U.S. men's national team defeated Honduras in a World Cup qualifier 4-1 with all four goals coming in the second half. Tonight from the U.S. Open, the women's semifinals is Aliyah Annie Fernandez takes on Irena Sabalenka and Emma Radkunanu plays Maria Sakkari. All four women are looking to appear in their first major final. Live from Major League Baseball, two games in action during the day today, both featuring playoff contenders. The Cardinals, who are fighting for a wild card spot, hosted the Dodgers, who were trying to catch the Giants for the top spot in the NL West. The Cardinals won that game 2-1. Currently under the underway, the A's are fighting for a wild card spot as well. They host the Chicago White Sox. The A's lead 3-1 in the sixth. That'll do it for your 94-3 The Game Sports Update. Eric Ward joins the P-Man right after this timeout. Tweet at us. <gasps> at 943 The Game. Oh, friends. At P-Man on air. It's not like a cult, is it? Sound off and tell us what's on your mind. 94.3 The Game and P-Man on air on Twitter. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game and 94.3 The Game.com. Coming up on uh, Saturday, 12 noon, Daddy Ficklin Stadium, the home over here for the Pirates against South Carolina. Weather's going to be beautiful. Pre-game begins at 9 here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94-3 the game. Uh, Eric Ward, ECU Marketing, uh, with us uh, here. What's the full title, Eric? Refresh me on this. Director of Marketing and Fan Engagement. Fan Engagement. I love that yes, part. Sir. Of it. That's it. Uh, how you doing? Everything good? <laughs> You know, it is uh, always good this time of year to be just overly busy uh, for about 18 hours a day, and I would not trade it for anything in the world. Yeah. Well, it'll be here before we know it, noon game. Uh, And I know you guys have built a great deal of momentum in the 19th season as far as that uh, fan experience goes, thus the fan engagement part of your uh, duties. And there were a lot of really cool things that uh, you'd come up with around the stadium that were real family friendly, that were real fan friendly. Uh, and then daggone last year, the COVID hits and that just throws everything for a loop. So uh, I assume in some respects, picking up where we left off two years ago and then maybe a little extra time to, to plan some new things. No doubt. Uh, you hit it on the head. We, uh, we felt pretty good about some of the changes we made in 2019. Uh, certainly not uh, perfect, but, uh, in pretty good shape. And so uh, we are not moving backwards in any way, and we are only going to move uh, forward. Um, got a couple of new elements here and there, but uh, it should be a, a game experience similar to what you saw two years ago. Um, and honestly, Patrick, I just think the biggest thing for this year is, you know, college football is so special with the traditions and, and whatnot that it make those game days amazing. Uh, 
this year we're going to be really focusing on highlighting those and making those the best they can be uh, since so many people missed it last year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Eric uh, with ECU Athletics, uh, marketing fan engagement. Eric Ward uh, on the line with us uh, here. Give me an idea of, uh, you know, what what exactly, uh, you know, for those that, uh, you know, maybe are going to come out what they can expect Saturday as far as, you know, the kids zone and, and a place uh, you could charge things and the clear bags, just kind of all of those protocols and, and, and things that are going to be going on around the stadium as well. Yep. Uh, tailgate lots, uh, the big news, I should say, that we have uh, due to high demand, we will be opening the tailgate <laughs> lots uh, one hour early for this game. Okay. So they will be open at 7 a.m. Gotcha. Uh, for those of you that will be uh, lining your trucks up, uh, 7 a.m. is when you will be allowed onto the property. Uh, I fully expect people to have a great time tailgating uh, and uh, be energetic uh, during game day. But uh, the first thing we really have for our crew uh, is the pirate walk taking place at approximately 9.30 a.m. Um, I will say that this is a big deal for our football program. Um, it's a nice recruiting opportunity. And uh, having a loud, passionate fan base at the Pirate Walk uh, at 9.30 a.m. this Saturday uh, would be much appreciated. Uh, Gates of the stadium open at 10 o'clock this week, and uh, our pregame show begins at uh, 11.20 a.m., which really peaks with the uh, performance by the Marching Pirates uh, at quarter till. Uh, I mentioned that, you know, we're going to really highlight our traditions this year. Uh, One of them that we've done in recent years that, you know, I feel very comfortable saying uh, we've done a good job with is working with uh, Curtis Thiemann of Port City Films on the intro video. I actually just saw the uh, final cut of the intro video this afternoon, Mm -hmm. and uh, I got to tell you, it gave me the goosebumps. So I am uh, pretty fired up about debuting that this weekend as well. This also falls on quite a day in our national history, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, some real stirring uh, pregame and halftime uh, performances and, and moments. Uh, I understand, too, that there's going to be there's, there's a special coin that's going to be utilized for the coin toss. Yes. Uh, a, a gentleman with the Eastern Carolina Firefighters Association reached out to me and uh, asked if there was something that we could do. Um, with them, and uh, we decided to do their uh, have a coin from them for our coin toss on Saturday. Wow, that's very cool. Uh, that that really is. Uh, so the pageantry, the emotions that'll obviously be in effect uh, on the 20th anniversary of 9/11. Uh, Pirate Nation needing to get behind this team to uh, to get them off to this one and zero start at home. Uh, so there'll be a lot of exciting things within the stadium. Um, you know, when you mentioned the gates opening at 10, Eric, clear bags, uh, where can people, you know, get those or, or what, what are the dimensions on that? And then are there any other kind of protocols? You know, it, it seems like every uh, part of the state is almost different with what they're doing and requiring COVID-wise. So is there anything with that that, that folks need yeah. to be aware of? Let me hit on the clear bags first and foremost, because that was, uh, I give Pirate Nation tremendous credit uh, for the implementation of that last year really in accordance with virtually everybody in, in the professional and collegiate space now. Um, the uh, the size of the bag is, I believe, 12 inches by 6 inches by 12 inches, uh, or essentially like a gallon-sized Ziploc bag. Um, we do have some leftover clear bags uh, that we will probably be putting at several of the gates. So oh, if there are issues, 
uh, fans could take that back to their car and replace it in that way. But uh, clear bags, uh, one change this year, which will affect a small amount of people. Uh, East Carolina University has a campus-wide mandate for masks only for indoor facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will not be having that, uh, of course, in the stands. But for those maybe in the Power or uh, Williams-Clark Club, um, you know, if you're in an indoor space, uh, masks will be required in accordance with ECU policy. Um, Does that include I, the restrooms, Eric? I'm sorry to interrupt. Does that include the restrooms? I guess if you're in the stands and you go to the restroom, you'd have Technically, to... yes, that will yeah. include the restroom. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, I did uh, our pregame, oper- I'm sorry, pre uh, earlier this week, we had an operations meeting with uh, Captain Sutton and uh, you know, he did a really great job kind of detailing the security protocols. Uh, of course, with it being 9-11, certainly everybody is on, you know, uh, alert. Um, and so that group does a really amazing job in, you know, protecting us and keeping us safe on our game days. And um, it's just amazing what they're able to do. But you did touch a little bit, Patrick, on the uh, the 9-11-related uh, mm-hmm. materials. So we actually have a very special halftime show uh the entire show is dedicated uh, to our uh, local heroes, and uh, it'll be a pretty stirring uh, tribute in remembrance of 9-11. Um, and during that portion of the show, we will be um, certainly honoring our local police, fire, rescue, and military. As far as uh, the, the uh, wonderful donation from Bill Clark Holmes to provide tickets to first responders, from, from what you all could tell, has that been a a pretty brisk and healthy uh, pickup. Oh yes, uh, and I can tell you uh, just from the area of those tickets that I've been working with, uh, we will have representatives from uh, U.S. Coast Guard, Seymour uh, Johnson Air Force Base, Cherry Point, uh, the Marine Corps Station in New River, Camp Lejeune, uh, Fort Bragg, uh, the North Carolina National Guard. Uh, it'll be a pretty substantial presence, uh, and, and you know it's really great that we're able to have a, such a marquee game. Um, that Bill Clark Holmes is allowing us to do this with. Uh, that, that's just going to be a, a tr- what a tremendous gesture by Bill Clark Holmes, and uh, what a what a tremendous opportunity. What what are ticket sales looking like right now, Eric? We uh, as it stands right now, we are in the uh, low to mid forties. Wow! Uh, infected attendance, uh, and uh, we, as it is every year in the week leading up to kickoff, sell a ton of tickets. So um, there are tickets still available. Uh, you can visit them or get them by visiting ecupirates.com. Uh, there's multiple areas of the state where you can select tickets. Um, so I, I really think that uh, it's going to be a special atmosphere on Saturday, certainly the largest crowd we've had in at least five years. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. That's great to hear. It really is. Uh, and, hey, we're, the kid zone's back, right? Is that back in some capacity? Yes, sir. Uh, kid zone will be behind Section 11, uh, same place it was two years ago. Um, we have met uh, <laughs> extensively to make sure that uh, we are removing some of the elements that uh, we're not able to sanitize as easily. Right. right. Um, so we will be a little bit, uh, you know, cautious about that. But uh, no, no bounce house this year. Mm. But uh, a lot of other things to replace it. Uh, my personal favorite is an inflatable putt putt course. Oh. Uh, five holes. So if you're a, a junior pirate, uh, get your golf game on. That's cool. No, I like that. Anything else, Eric, that we need to let the folks know about? Uh, just to kind of recap, Eric Ward, uh, sports marketing fan engagement with ECU Athletics on with us. Uh, the tailgate lots are going to open at 7, so that's one of the big yes, ones. Sir, 7 a.m. Yeah, that's one of the big ones to, to recap Eric's visit here, so keep that in mind. 
Uh, but anything else we haven't uh, come across that we need to, to make mention of or you'd like to make mention of? Well, I'll say this. Uh, you know, I appreciate a lot of the uh, positive reaction we've gotten from our fans over the last week. Um, I think that there are a lot of people, you know, who have circled this date for a long time. Uh, I think we're going to have a very vintage uh, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Uh, I'd like to think this is going to be a really special game in our program's history. And hopefully we look at this as, as the game where, uh, you know, it was a turning point where we just took off and never looked back. So uh, people, you know, bring your A game, be loud, support our players. Uh, it's going to be a very special atmosphere. Thanks a lot. We do appreciate it, uh, Eric. Always great to catch up with you, and we'll, we'll catch up with you again throughout the season here. Cool. Thanks so much, Patrick. All right, there he goes. Uh, Eric Ward, great to have him on. All right, we'll break, come back, wrap things up. Uh, right after, oh, we don't have time. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up right now. Gotcha. All right. Well, thanks to Eric. Thanks to uh, Antoine Staley for being with us. Philip Pilkington across the way. Uh, tomorrow, Chris Sutton, Captain Sutton, will join us here on the show. Chris Hughes, a military veteran himself. So lots to talk about there with high school football and ECU game day with those gentlemen, but also uh, their uh, emotions heading into the uh, September 11th, 20-year anniversary. Uh, So we'll talk about that tomorrow. I have more uh, with our Pirate Report from the coordinators and Coach Houston. Right before the game, ECU and South Carolina, our pregame coverage, 9 a.m. coming up on Saturday. Uh, All right, we'll be back tomorrow to wrap up the week on the Patrick Johnson Show.